Punch in time. Come in, come in. Thomas Edison. Are you the newspaper reporter come to see our demonstration of the first electric light bulb? Yeah, I heard all about it. I'm really curious to see uh, this, this great invention. I mean, if, if it Very actually well. works. Very well. Take your seat. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the electric light bulb. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes, sir, the reporter from the uh, Washington Journal. Um, can you describe in detail exactly how the apparatus works? As you can see here, we're using a filament of copper to provide the proper spark. Then we're going to pipe in the electric here. As you can see, it's in within a glass tube. That traps in enough oxygen and ooh, enough... Ooh, I have a question. I have a question. Yes, sir. Can I touch it? Can I actually, uh, you know, work it? Uh, yes, the switch is right over there. Okay, now... Wow, on, off... Wow, this is this is incredible. I see this knob here. What happens if I turn this all the um, way up? sir, I, I don't think... No, I, I don't think you should try and do that there. Let's see, it's on... It's on... What is it, on four now? No. Yeah, I'm gonna turn up to ten. Hold on there! No, you can't do that! You killed the great inventor Thomas Edison! Ow! That's my cue. Back to 2006. Welcome to the party, Stephen and Joe. Uh, someone sent us a, an email. You know, we get, like, fan emails and stuff to the Paunch email. Losers at paunchstevenson.com. And we got I got this email from this guy, Rich. His website is www.conehenge.com. C-O-N-E-H-E-N-G-E.com. I'll put a link on our site, paunchstevenson.com. He says, New Jersey is a funny place. Unfortunately, too many of us are forced to laugh at it every day. Uh, and then he's like, I have a New Jersey comic strip. Check it out on my website, conehenge.com. So, okay. I guess he has some sort of... He he made some sort of New Jersey comic strip. You can look at it online. Did you read it? I read some of them. It's okay. I've, I've seen better. I've seen worse. Now here's another thing that doesn't make sense. As you know, I am a, I'm a, a motor racing fan, auto racing fan. Yeah. In fact, a little uh, listener uh, trivia: the very first Paunch Stevenson show episode, the very first like ten seconds of it, <laughs> it starts with me like applauding and clapping and like all pumped up. Yeah. I was watching a NASCAR race. 
and Dale Earnhardt Jr. had won the race, and so I was celebrating. Oh, I thought and you were pumped course, up. I thought you were pumped up to do the show. No, what? No, no. <laughs> I was like, yeah, episode one. I am pumped. I am pumped oh. up. <laughs> You were sitting at the PC at my computer recording. You had it on record, and I was standing up watching the television, like, going nuts. Oh, man. So I'm saying I'm a racing fan. So I picked up on this. As you know, that you know, there's auto racing, there's stock car racing, and indie car racing, and sports cars, and uh, motorcycle racing, and, and boat racing. Yeah, different varieties. Airplane racing, and whatever. Go-karts. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Well, here's a new league. Remember, I don't know, maybe this is like episode two or something, when I talked about the X-Prize Foundation yeah. for the first privately uh, owned uh, space flight? Yeah. yeah that was, that was uh, episode two, yeah. Yeah, so now they formed the Rocket Racing League. Oh, my. Wait, space shuttle racing? The Rocket, yeah. <laughs> the Rocket wow. Racing League. The first team that signed up, Leading Edge Rocket Racing, the pilots are a couple of, I guess, a couple of Air Force guys. Wow. The um, the guy pilots Robert Bobaloo Ricard and Don the Dagger Grantham of Phoenix. They presented a $100,000 deposit. Wow. Basically, I guess they're all going to be using this Easy rocket design developed by X-Core Aerospace in the Mojave Desert. <coughs> hmm. um, the Rocket here's, League... Here's the website. Very yeah. obvious. www.rocketracingleague.com I'll put a link on our website, pornstevenson.com And actually, yeah. here's, an, here's an article on MSNBC. It says, Rocket Racing League gets its start. The new space race. Is the founder of the $10 million X Prize and a racing savvy venture capitalist join forces to set up a racing league for rocket powered planes? So it's, yeah. it's related to the X Prize. Yeah, so there's, but I, I don't, I'm looking at this, it says with only four minutes worth of fuel oh, aboard and 10 minutes of unpowered flight, I guess, to get him up there. Uh, the racing pilots will be challenged to fire their engines at vital times to overtake the other guy before having to land and refuel during a planned 90-minute race. Hmm. Okay, this is this sounds like a lot of fun. So it's going to take them uh, 20 minutes to 10 minutes to get them up there, and then they get to race for a couple of minutes, but they don't have much fuel, so they can't like use it the entire time. So they'll like they'll you know they'll shoot off the engines a couple of times and then you know like the one guy will shoot the engine yeah. and then you know they'll get a little burst and then you know they'll both like just kind of like glide along you know I guess in outer space and then the other guy will go and that's basically what they'll do. <laughs> Stupid. I mean, like how how are you how gonna ridiculous is that? how are you gonna film this? Uh, you don't. Who's going to watch this? You're going to have, like, a stand somewhere? You can't see. Silly. The Rocket Racing League. Yeah, if you go to their website, they have a link. Find out how to start your own rocket racing team. Like, come on. Wait. 
Your own Rocket League Racing League? No, not league. Your own team in the league. Oh, okay. You have to, like, yeah. Fill out a form, registration, all this. Oh, was stuff. that it? I don't know. It's just uh, hey, let's sign up. The will be the Point Stevenson team. If the if the download, yeah. <laughs> You have to download a PDF, which I'm not about to do right now. Yeah, we'll have the Paunch Stevenson racket team. <laughs> Could you imagine? Now, yeah, with our luck, it'll explode. Now, my question is, what would happen if... They you... crash or that? No. <laughs> my question is, what would happen if you had a hobo uh. racing in the Rocket League? What would he say? I don't know, but he he's racing against Larry King. St. <laughs> Louis, hello, I'm in the lead. <laughs> Jimmy Crackcorn, and I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. One of the things I hated about, like, the gym classes, you know, in, like, grammar school, yeah, it was all, it was only in grammar school, was, <laughs> and again, we were in the, quote, academically talented class, and, but we were all crazy, and I think one of the reasons that we were just all hypered up was that almost the entire day was spent doing, you know, freaking work. Yeah. You know, reading and doing homework and, and this and that. You never got a break. We'd have music class once a week. But the music teacher was a was a nut. <laughs> Speaking of music class, do you remember Snazzy Naz? Yes. <laughs> he like, was a substitute. Yeah, but he was there forever. It was like this guy... I know. It was like he stepped out of a time warp from 1976 or something... <laughs> he he had like the big long uh, fluffy hair that people had back then, and the big boots with the heels, and the the seventies suit jacket, and and all this like patchy stubble all over his face, and uh, called yeah, we called him <laughs> yeah, he... Snazzy Naz, Mister Naziola, Snazzy Naz. Yeah, it was like the Three Dog Night cover band. Yeah. Yeah, he kept playing us all this music from the 70s. And, yeah. But anyway. That, that Steely was, Dan. <laughs> that was weird. Um, we're sitting there, we're 10 years old in fifth grade, he's trying to have us analyze, uh, you know, BGs and <laughs> Steely Dan. Yeah, and uh, Yeah, I know, and all we want to hear is, like, Bobby McFerrin. <laughs> Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> so we got, I think we had gym class, like, once a week. With the gym teacher. We also were supposed to have class gym once a week, but we were never allowed. We always had to do work. Yeah. But anyway, so in the regular gym class, we're there. We're, you got all this pent-up frustration, and you just want to, like, run around. And this gym teacher, you know, she couldn't do, you couldn't just do that. You had to do the, the, the exercises. You remember this? Yeah. You had to do the sit-ups, the push-ups, bending, stretching, yeah. reach for the stars. Oh, God. Yeah, jogging in place and ah. this. And 
So she would waste like the entire period doing the freaking exercises. The actual activity we used to get used to get like one minute. Yeah. One minute to run around. Then the worst was she would and this is the ridiculous part. Let's say we had to play kickball. She would waste like twenty minutes explaining how to play the game. <laughs> yeah. Well not only Hello, that Oh, we've played this game forty times this year. Stop explaining it. <laughs> but not only that, but also just picking two captains. Oh, forget it. It always ended up being the same two people, and then those two people had to like take turns picking people to be on the uh, team, and that would take twenty minutes and so honestly, you would wind up with like ten seconds yeah. to play the actual game. It was ah, uh, couldn't take it. Idiot. <laughs> Here's how you play. These are the rules of the game for kickball. You, you know, like she had this like class pet. Yeah. You come up here, Michael, and 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 I'm gonna show you how to do this now. Now demonstrate for everyone else. <laughs> and I'd be, like, screaming at her, we know how to play kickball! Of course. Idiot! So, like I said, they never gave us Clash Gym. We hadn't had Clash Gym literally for, like, two or three months in the fifth grade. And we finally didn't. It was finally, like, warm enough to go outside. So the teacher, I don't know what she was doing, but... I don't know, she wasn't paying attention or something. Like, the girls were, like... You know, playing hopscotch and do, using the jump rope and yeah. huh, throwing the frisbee. Yeah, she's like, okay, here's a frisbee and here's a kickball. Soccer ball. Yeah, soccer ball. So we take the soccer ball and we're just standing around. You know, it's like eight of eight, nine, ten of us. Yeah, we're <laughs> out, out in the field. Yeah. And, we're you know, there was like one, one of our friends, the mystery character with the initial J. <laughs> he was the only one who actually... <laughs> played like organized soccer <laughs> and he tried to organize a soccer game he was like trying to be all like technical and you know be official and this and that and he was the goalie and the rest of us are like no we just can't be satisfied playing soccer we right. have to do something else always had to take it to the extreme the next level so you know what they <laughs> you know they talk about these extreme sports now and no nah. We invented this in 1988. <laughs> yes. Demolition soccer. Yes. Demolition soccer. <laughs> this is what it is. You play soccer, but there's no rules. There's no out of bounds. I don't even know if we had goals. Nothing. Well, it didn't matter. <laughs> so essentially, it became soccer mixed with rugby Mist, mixed uh, with wrestling, hockey, mixed with wrestling, <laughs> mixed with football. <laughs> it was basically you know one guy or one you know on on, on one <gasps> team would be kicking the ball down the field. Yeah, and if you're on the other team, you could just plow into him, tackle yeah. him, knock him over, punch him, do whatever you have to do, <laughs> throw him into the mud, and then and now you have the ball. Yeah, and, and then someone, you know, then someone on the other team can come and tackle you, yeah. or come and knock you down, or pile on top of you. It didn't matter. It was just demolition soccer. Demolition soccer. It was like kill the man with the ball, but we were playing soccer. Yeah. And the best part was on the one side of the field there was a, you know, a, a, just a metal, you know, regular like fence, 
And we used that fence, and anybody that hit the ball on the fence, we just, like, did, like, a hockey check on them yeah. and smashed them into the fence. Squeezed them into the fence. <laughs> Smushed them. You know, if you came up, if you dribbled the ball out at the goalie, you know, if, screw that. You didn't even have to score. Just, like, leave the ball and just <laughs> kill the goalie. Just knock him over, and then your teammate will come and just kick it in. But, no, after that, de- I'm telling you what, that demolition soccer, like, a couple of our friends were totally unathletic, yeah. and they were involved in it, and they were having a good time. Yeah. And everybody was just beating on each other. <laughs> of course. That's all we knew how to do. It was, it was just so much pent-up frustration <coughs> from, you know, just this nervous energy from <laughs> never being able to, like, do anything, you know, fun in school except homework, just work, study. Yeah. You know, oh, we social studies, we have to get through ten chapters today. Yeah. You know, uh, science, you got to get through ten chapters. It's like crazy. I don't even remember what what we learned. I, I don't. I don't remember any of that. I don't. I don't either. I don't. I don't remember a thing. I don't remember the entire like learning process at all. <laughs> the only thing I remember is like the teacher trying to like ask questions and trying to have someone read a passage <laughs> and then one of us just starts screaming. Oh yeah. <laughs> she would always try to ask us like, who who invented the electric light bulb? And you know, one of us would raise our hands, Elvis. <laughs> just come up with these stupid things Elvis Magic and, Johnson I don't know like, we would just come up with these stupid answers and then like she'd have us say okay now for the next 10 minutes you're gonna all read the next chapter and now I'm gonna ask you questions to ourselves so you better like, read it silently to ourselves yeah which was which was just a waste nah that was never gonna happen so like like some of the girls would read it and the rest of us would just sit there looking at each other, like smiling, waiting for who, waiting to see who was going to be the first one to just do something bad. CRL would start just screaming opera. Opera, yes. Yes, the opera. He was good. Good opera voice. Either that or he would he would tip his chair over on purpose, but make, but make it seem as if it were accidental and start screaming. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, God. Yeah, he was good at it. <laughs> In the middle of the class, he'd start rocking back in his chair (laughs) and just fall over the chair. And when he fell over, his feet would come up and knock the desk over. (laughs) But he did it on purpose. I know. The books would go flying everywhere. He'd have like a drink on the desk to go flying. Yeah. And the teacher would start getting all screaming and worried. (laughs) And, oh, you're going to go to the hospital now. And, oh, my God. (laughs) Well, he used to be the one that we'd go into the library. No. And the class library we had in the grammar school there. Oh my god, I feel so bad for that librarian. <laughs> I, don't, I think she well, I think really think she wound up clinically insane after <laughs> after that job. We oh. would come into the library. And again, we had the library for like one once a week. Yeah. And we'd walk in there and 
But here's the thing. Our teacher would not accompany us to the class. Yeah, it was just she right down the, the hallway. Room. Yeah, so she'd be like, okay, go down the hall to the library. And that was just our cue. Ah, she's not, not here. And we would walk in and immediately one of us would fall on the floor. The other one would – somebody would get thrown into the shelf of books, knocking it oh, over. Oh, my God. Screaming. Yeah, we had the big bookcases that were lined up in such a way that instead of being pressed up against the wall, they were tilted outwards, I guess, yeah. to, to save space. <laughs> and one day, I don't know what happened, we knocked, I don't know, someone got knocked into one of the big bookcases, these huge, huge wooden bookcases, and one of, the, one of us knocked it over. It was like a, an, an atomic bomb or something. It's like, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. The teacher comes running in from down the hall. Oh, my God. What? what? Of course, one of the us. The librarians passed out. Yeah, one of us knocked into the bookcases, bookshelves, and just, it was like a domino effect. Yeah, exactly. Because they were all lined up. It was just boom, boom, boom. Books all over the place. It was, yeah, it was a, do- it was a, it was a, just like dominoes. And it was like, you know, like 10 bookshelves that went down. <laughs> I mean, that had to have been the first time that ever has happened. Oh, it's ever. definitely. It was like from a movie. It really was. Like, we didn't plan it. It just happened. And it really was like a bomb going off. It was so loud. But yeah, so we would get to the class, and as we wouldn't even make it to our chairs. And, yeah. and he would just fall on the floor pretending to have a seizure and start screaming. He'd fall on the floor cavorting in pain. <laughs> and of course the librarian would run over. Oh my god, is he okay? Oh my god. Oh my. And then after about 20 seconds he would just get up as if nothing happened. <laughs> and then they had the one bookshelf uh, was would rotate. It was like a spinning bookshelf. You know, and this thing had a ton of books on it. Yeah. And every single day, one of us would go over there and start spinning it. Yeah, we would scream, Wheel of Books! <laughs> and just spin it as fast as we could, and the and books would go books flying. Shoot all over the place! <laughs> and then, oh, it's time to leave, and we would just leave. <laughs> We'd never pick it up. And then the poor lady, there was like two rooms in the library. There was like a smaller room. And she'd have a projector set up. (laughs) Film strips. Yeah, and she would, like, try and show us, you know, like, you know, or maybe it was, like, some public service thing. You know, maybe it was, like, uh, you know, join the Woodsy team. Yeah, Woodsy the Owl. Oh, you can prevent forest fires. Smokey the Bear, the lollipop dragon. You know, all these stupid things. And But the thing is, these weren't videos. These weren't cartoons or whatever. Imagine, like, when you take... Uh, pictures, you know, like with a regular camera, not digital, and you get the, the the strip of negatives. Imagine that. You have to put it in this little projector machine, and there was a tape, a, 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 an audio cassette tape that supplied the soundtrack, a narrator or the characters or whatever, and you played the tape, and after so many sentences or whatever, there would be a beep, and then you gotta press, you gotta turn the, the knob on the film strip thing to, to go to the next frame. Yeah, it, it was It was like terrible. still shots. It was like drawings projected onto the wall with a narrator. Yeah. I mean, it was 1970 technology <laughs> in 1989. <laughs> but 
the funny thing was we would be so bored. We'd all be sitting there and just we'd just start breaking out into making fart noises. Yeah, or, or doing, you know, putting our own voices to the film yeah. strip or whatever. We know how to play kickball!